You're listening to a message from Maranatha Church of Jacksonville. For more information, please visit our website, maranathajax.com. Hello, Maranatha. Welcome back to the Maranatha Podcast. This is Kevin, and we are continuing our week five study in the book of Acts, specifically in Acts chapter nine. And so the last episode, I talked about Saul's encounter, where we know of as Paul, his encounter with the Lord and just how it shaped him and shifted his life and focus. And uh, that initial encounter led him just to a lifelong seeking of the Lord. And so I want to continue talking a little more about Paul and this encounter in Acts 9. And so we see here briefly in Acts 9, we see Saul, we see him encountered, you know, in Acts 1 through 8, really the main kind of characters were people you might be familiar with, Peter, um, Stephen, and then we have just a real quick story about Paul in Acts 9, and then it shifts back at the end of Acts 9, it shifts back to Peter at the end of Acts 9, and then once again goes into Peter's story a little more in Acts 10 and 11, which we'll talk about on Sunday, this experience that Peter has with the Gentile believers, which is very key, important scriptures for us uh, as Gentile believers. And then Acts 12, we see once again more of Peter's story and him getting um, jailed. I don't want to jump ahead for all the uh, other people that are speaking on these uh, chapters, but I want to just give a quick little uh, background of where we are and where we're going. And then in Acts 13 is where we're going to get to Paul again. So we have a quick story in uh, Paul's life here in Acts 9, and then we go back to Peter, but then in Acts 13, and really from Acts 13 to Acts 28 is all Paul. It's uh, it's his it's his missionary journeys, him and, and Barnabas, and so we're going to get into that later uh, in the summer. But Paul in Acts 9, you know, there's key people in his life in this chapter that I want to talk about. So we know who Paul is, but do you know who Ananias is in Acts 9? Which, you you know, if you're paying attention, you you probably do know who he is because Pastor Brian mentioned him on, on Sunday. But he is a key player in Paul's life because he's the one that God... Uh, used to pray for Paul after his encounter with the Lord, where he used Ananias to pray for Paul and scales fell from his eyes. And so Ananias had a vision that Paul was going to come to visit him. And God used this man, Ananias, in a very key way that other people weren't being used because, remember, uh, Paul was somebody that was killing uh, Christians. He was persecuting Christians left and right. I mean, he was, that's what he was known for. And so when he became a Christ follower, he needed people to take him under his wing. But there was a lot of people that were living in this fear, the, whoa, you know, suspicion, whoa, you know, who is Saul? Is, is this Paul guy? Is he going to trick us? Is he coming in here? Hey, I'm a Christian now. And then going to kill us? Like that's really, I mean, it was a legitimate fear that they had. But this man, Ananias, stepped up and he said, you know what? I believe that the Lord is doing this because the Lord gave him a vision, which maybe is the only way that Ananias could have done this is by the power of the Holy Spirit in Ananias. And so we know Ananias was a disciple. It says that in Acts 9, uh, verse 10, that there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, get up and go to this street. You're going to pray for this man and he's going to get yeah, radically changed. And Ananias was like, okay, Lord. And then when the man showed up, he's like, oh, this guy, this is a well-known persecutor. But he went through and he was obedient and he changed uh, Paul's life for the better. He was a, Ananias was the disciple who then ended up discipling 
Paul, which we know of as one of the greatest disciplers um, that we see in the New Testament. And then another key player in Paul's life that we see in Acts 9 is a man named Barnabas, which we see later in verse 27 when Barnabas shows up. And so once again, the disciples were kind of wondering who this Saul guy, Paul, Saul, who he was. Uh, He began to preach in Damascus and everyone was like, wow, this sounds pretty good, but is he still tricking us? You know, they were still unsure. Um, And the the Jewish leaders who were not Christians wanted to kill uh, Saul. And so it's interesting because he was killing Christians and now the people that he used to be on the team with, they're like, wait, you know, Paul switched sides on us. Let's kill him. And so the disciples didn't really want him. Saul's old teammates didn't really want him. So Saul, I keep using Saul, Paul, kind of interchangeably, same guy. Paul was kind of in the middle there of like, what team do I belong with? And he probably felt kind of confused and lonely. Like, Lord, you called me to this ministry. Like, who is with me in this? Who's helping me? And Ananias was somebody that was helping him. And Barnabas really was somebody that helped him. In verse 27, it says, Barnabas, however, took him and brought him to the apostles and explained to them how Saul had seen the Lord on the road. So Barnabas was a witness to Saul's witness of Jesus. And so this is somebody that we need in our life to encourage us and to team up with us that will um, encourage and help us, which Barnabas is the great encourager. And so then at the uh, end of this section with Barnabas taking Paul under his wings, it says in verse 31 that it says, So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. So there's once again that theme of growth in the book of Acts. And that specifically, Acts 9.31, is a fulfillment of Acts 1.8 which if you remember that was Jesus telling his disciples, hey, the Holy Spirit's gonna fill you with power and you're gonna be my witnesses to all of Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's what was happening. This growth was happening because of Paul and his encounter with the Lord, which Jesus encountered him. It's the power of Jesus in Paul's life that did this. But really it's these people, Ananias and Barnabas, who we don't hear much about, They're key players in this team, in this growth of the early church. And so maybe uh, you've heard of somebody in modern day times, a great evangelist named Billy Graham. You've probably heard that name. Everybody's heard that name. Uh, He just passed away a few years ago at the age of 99, and he was one of the greatest evangelists in the 20th century. So he became, uh, he got saved and he became radically changed and and he preached these um, giant stadium fulls of people and, and millions of people came to know the Lord through the ministry of Billy Graham, through the power of the Holy Spirit in Billy Graham and his speech that people became uh, saved. They, they became to know Jesus. But you've heard of Billy Graham, but have you heard of this guy named Mordecai Ham? <laughs> Mordecai Ham. Now you have, and that's a name you probably won't forget because it's an interesting name there. Mordecai Ham was actually the evangelist that Billy Graham was saved under. And so Billy Graham gives credit to this man back in the 30s named Mordecai Ham that preached a message and looked at Billy Graham in the face and said, you're a sinner, you need to get saved. And Billy Graham was like, yes, I do. And he, and he came to know the Lord through Mordecai Ham's ministry. 
So Mordecai Ham did this, you know, great ministry. And I'm not saying that he's, Billy Graham's the only one that he uh, was saved under his ministry, but but Mordecai Ham's faithfully laboring at that time. Look at what happened in the world. It changed the world um, in, in, uh, because of Billy Graham coming to know the Lord and Billy Graham's faithfulness in ministry uh, just radically changed our, our world. And so maybe you feel like, you know, you want to do something for the Lord. Hopefully, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're feeling this urgency to, to spread the word. You're feeling this urgency to, to minister to people who don't know the Lord. Um, maybe you feel a calling and you, you feel something great in your life, but you just don't know exactly what it is. But I want to encourage you that, um, you know, maybe you don't see yourself like a Paul or a Billy Graham, uh, which, you know, those are a great key figures in Christian history, uh, but those are only one people. But there's so many different types of Mordecai Hams and Ananiases and Barnabases out there that, that we need. Everybody is needed like that. We're all needed to be these key players in people's lives. And so I want to encourage you that you don't have to be somebody famous. You don't have to be somebody uh, well-known. You know, you are who you are. The Lord's called you to this time in history and this place, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, the Lord's calling you to to minister there. And he's going to give you the resources. He's going to give you the strength, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's what we need to be able to do this. And so I want to end here with um, a passage in Ephesians 5, which I like to give um, kind of these Uh, passages here that really um, speak to us, encourage us. Ephesians 5.15 says, pay careful attention. Now, this is Paul, his writing. Pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So do that. Live your life um, not as unwise people, but as wise people, making the most of the time you've been given, being filled with the Spirit of the Lord, asking Him, Lord, show me somebody to minister to today. So Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are calling us, Lord, to to do the work of the ministry, Lord. All of us, we're all in this thing. Um, Lord, we need to all be on the same team, do this mission together. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we are um, just being encouraged right now with your scripture, Lord. We thank you. We love you. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen.